This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. And those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago? Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan. Which is a team now, in the future? So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Max Cohen in the upper right-hand square. In the bottom square, all the way in Mexico, is Yanis Janais. This is our show that we're going to be looking back at the second leg, as we did a, a full-time show, but we'll talk about that as well, of the match that actually sees Fulham on to Wembley. We are on to Wembley, guys. So we are going to just look back at that briefly just a little bit, maybe a third of the show, looking back and want your thoughts on I know it's been a few days, but definitely want your thoughts on that match. We also have a couple of controversial topics I want to bring up to the two of you during the show as well. And then to end the show, I want both of your thoughts on the upcoming final. We will have another show tomorrow night as well, another preview show. So basically this is probably about one preview and probably a a third of another preview. So you're going to get a lot of talk on the final. But we're going to end talking about the final. Let's talk about the first match. Well, actually, the second match, guys. The second leg. Mr. Cohen, I'm going to give you Mad Max's thoughts. That was a very nervy match. I know it was, it's Sunday now, and uh, maybe you've had some time to think about it some more. Just give me your overall thoughts on the second leg. Fulham, find a way to get it done, though. Yeah, actually, the most important thing I think that happened happened after the match. Um, when you saw Scotty Parker gather around the players after we progressed, and there's no celebration. No. There's no hugging, there's no high-fiving, um, no partying like you saw at Griffin Park, but simply a circle of players being told by the manager exactly what needed to happen. And that, to me, spoke volumes about what Scott Parker has in mind for this team. It was expected to go to Wembley. It wasn't a celebration like it was two years ago. It wasn't an upset. 
This is a team of professionals. And I think that's what we saw and what we will see on Tuesday is that, you know, we've been here before. We may not be seen as a favorite per se, given the form Brentford's in. Right. We are a team of professionals, experienced players who simply just expect to go through and will go th- about their job in a professional, clinical manner. And that's sure. really what we've seen ever since we lost to Leeds, essentially. We've been professional, we've been clinical. And we saw that for the, 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 all the second half on Thursday was it wasn't pretty. But so many times this season, we've been tested. We've been in that position where in past years, we would have conceded, but we held firm. And credit goes to Rodak, credit goes to the back yeah. line. Um, it wasn't easy, but on, although we felt nervous, there's always a feeling that we would hang on. And I think that's what Scott Park has instilled in this team is prof- professionalism, clinical nature. And I believe that's why we're going to win on Tuesday because he has such high standards for this team and we know exactly what we have to do. We're a very different team, Giannis. I'm glad that Max brought this up because there are a couple of ways to look at it. Right after the match, there was a feeling of, well, Again, this really strange feeling because Fulham move on. They lost the match, but they won on aggregate. So in the end, it's about the result, right? The overall result, the two legs. And overall in the two legs, Fulham were the better side, and I've said that already. And looking back at it now, again, we're we're a couple days removed. I'm glad that Max brought this up. If you really look at it now, not at the time, because I've heard so much praise on how Cardiff City played. They deserve praise. I praise them right after the match as well. But Max brought up a great point. Fulham still did enough to win. And there's this sense of, I don't know, you know, listen, you can say what you want about Parker Ball. It's working. And they saw this match out. It was tough on them. Cardiff City made it tough on them. So I want to get your thoughts on what Max shared and just overall your opening thoughts on the second leg and Fulham going through. Uh well, I don't know if you saw the, the, the interview that Scotty did on, on Sky Sports immediately after the game. Yeah, I uh, saw it. it was quite, and I thought it was an excellent interview. And the one word that came out of it for me was grounded. Um, he knows what he wants from his squad. He wasn't comfortable with the way we played. It was a bit, it was a bizarre, it was a bizarre game of football. There's some really odd stuff that happened. I thought Cardiff played, I thought they played really well. I had, I think they had a little bit of luck at luck and I also happen to think that they we didn't make things easy for ourselves um, and we rode our luck um, but I think that although Scotty got him into a huddle and he had a, probably a few choice words to say I think that deep down he's probably pretty happy with us over the two legs we right. really were you know they brought Tomlin on second half he scores within a, I mean, a couple of minutes that was an absolute disaster um, but we found a way to hang on. Players that haven't necessarily played well did play well. We lost Cabana, but then Boo Boo came on and did a job, and we found a way. Right. And despite the antics of Cardiff, and let's be honest, they're an awful sight to watch. I don't. I mean, I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them every credit that I thought they were superb second leg. Yeah. But my God, they're boring to watch, and they're just long ball awfulness that just permeates. Through their whole side, I, I think of two people. I think of, no, I think of Sean Morrison's probably the best one. I mean, him getting him getting <laughs> Dekadova Reed booked because he charged down the goal kick, and you got players yeah. like you know um, Junior Hoylet, who again was toilet, who is a skillful player and a good winger, <laughs> but on a team like that, is completely lost. Um, 
But we found a way, and, and as Max said, I mean, it was a professional performance. We deserved it over the two legs, and um, we know we've got a job to do, and it's going to be a very interesting final, and um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be, you know, a little bit Dave with Goliath, a bit of Tom and Jerry, a bit of Sylvester and Tweety, you know, lots of cat and mouse, and uh, it should be a fascinating final. Okay, excellent. All right, let's cut to talking about the starting 11 and the 18 overall, Giannis. So yeah. let me get your thoughts on the big news. Mitro, not on the bench. He's actually watching the match in Craven Cottage. What were your thoughts about Mitro? Again, he misses out again. Well, he trained today at Motsford Park. So uh, my feeling is he may have been close to fitness, but if he'd been really, really required, he'd have played. And I think, I think Scotty held him back thinking we've got the two-goal lead, we should be able to do this. Uh, he did train today. Cavallero trained today. Yep. Harry Arter trained today. But Naiskin's Gabbana didn't. No, that's not good news. And that's not good news. And my, my thinking is now that I would be stunned if Cabana plays on Tuesday. I don't believe he's going to be ready. Um, okay. just, uh, you could see the look in his face uh, the second half when he put the, you know, the ice bag was on. And his yep. expression, I think, sold everything. I think he knows. I think he knows he's done for, for Tuesday. Okay. Um, and I think the meter will probably be close to, if not 100%, which is perfect. Unless, of course, our friend Mr. Parker decides to do something a little sneaky, and he is a grounded and thinking coach. He might have a couple of little ideas to give Thomas Frank you know, a chance for his wig to start to pull off you know, and um, get all scary-dairy. But um, I, I knew then it was either that he wasn't quite ready or he was just holding him back. Um, it was the same lineup as the first leg. I mean, sure. Uh, I mean, it, it was probably if, if we've beaten them two nothing down in, in Wales, then why not use the same lineup? But uh, okay, it might turn out to be a master stroke, Russ. Okay, and listen, when we preview the match, the two of you, I'm looking forward to talking about it. I definitely want to talk about the starting eleven because uh, it's fascinating, Giannis. I've been giving this some thought. We'll talk about this when we get there later on in the show. And uh, I am going to use, sorry, Max, I'm going to use a, a Belichick analogy, but he would throw something that the coach wasn't ready for in, say, a Super Bowl, in a ch- championship final. I wouldn't be shocked if Scott Parker throws something at Thomas Frank he's not ready for, and it might be in the starting 11. So I just want to talk about that when we get there. That's a good point by you to bring that up, but we have a, a ways to get to that. Back over to you, Max. Thoughts about Mitro missing out and uh, good news like, Yana said that he trained today. Bad news that Niskin's Cabano did not. Your thoughts of the starting 11 and just the situation with Mitro. And then if you want, feel free to share your thoughts on Niskin's. Yeah, I mean, to take a step back, it's, it's remarkable that the player we've depended on so much this season. I mean, he scored 40% of our goals. Everyone would agree he's our best player. We didn't have him for the two most important matches of the season, and we still progressed. Yep. That to me speaks volumes, not only about the team itself, but Parker. I mean, right. Would any other team in the championship who depends on a player as much as we do on Mitro win in a playoff semifinal over two legs, 180 minutes without Mitro? It's, it's honestly something that I don't think it's talked about enough. I think because other players stepped up in a massive way, Cabano right. being one of them, Anima being one of them. Um, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, Mitro, everyone always talks about it. You know, the announcers kept saying it. He scored what? He scored 26 goals this season, the golden boot winner. And we did miss him, but we still won. That's right. With so much confidence. Um, and the fact that he wasn't even on the bench, though. I mean, 
I think back to last season's uh, Champions League final when it was Spurs Liverpool, and Pochettino started Kane, and he wasn't fit. Yeah, and I really worry that that might play itself out again on Tuesday because everyone want, wants Mitro back. It's sure. nonsense to say we're better without him. We're clearly not. But is a not fully fit Mitro the answer? And it was encouraging news that Giannis said he trained today. That's a yeah. big boost. But absolutely, he's not fit. you don't want a player who can't give 100% in the playoff final. You need everyone running 110. So that's going to be a really big uh, selection headache for Parker, of course. We don't know how really fit Mitro is. And I don't think we really even know when he, when he hurt himself. I mean, in the Wigan match, he was down. It looked like a knee injury. We still don't, no, really we don't know, know. what happened. So honestly, yeah. I, I don't think I'm, I'm in a position to speculate how fit he is. So that'll be <laughs> tough. Um, the Cabana missing out is, is also a blow because I made the point on Twitter. He had the most spectacular transformation, I think, of any Fulham player I've ever seen yep. in my lifetime. And I'd say probably any player in England in the past couple of years. I mean, he didn't even play for the first three quarters of the season. I know. He, on peripheral. he might have come on against you know, Bristol City late on, should have won that penalty. But he didn't even start a match, essentially, yep. um, for two matches in a row until the last end of the season. And now he's the best player, best goal scorer in England, I'd say. Four goals in four matches, three direct free kicks. You can't, you can't even write a script like that. Um, and now he's out. And that's just our luck that we'll miss him. But, you know, as people are saying in the comments, Abubakar Kamara, when he came on, he was excellent. And if we start Kamara in place of Cabano, it will be a miss, but I honestly think Kamara is maybe even just as good of an option, given how well he played off the bench. Okay. And, yeah, let's back over to you because, again, this is, uh, I think, uh, significant to talk about Niskins, and uh, we'll talk about his goal coming up in just a second. But when we're talking about Mitro, you were going through the players that had trained. I was waiting for you to say, because I did not know, I did not hear this, about Cabano, and that to me is bad news. And as Max said, he has played so well. Talk about a hot hand. So this is a loss if he can't go. Yeah, it's it's, um, but it's not fatal. Um, no, and it, and absolutely not. I can't believe I'm going to bring, but I'm going to basketball, basketball into this. A bit of bias here, but I was reading on Twitter this morning for our British, our British. Um, Viewers and listeners may not have heard of Stephen A. Smith, and I know that Russ is going to probably roll his <laughs> eyes. But okay. last night there was a, there was a, um, a big game because uh, the NBA are playing in their bubble, and the Lakers were playing Toronto Raptors, and the Raptors yep. beat them by fifteen. And he made a point of tweeting today about uh, along the lines is it's obvious which team has used all this time and are better prepared coming back post pandemic yep. in terms of what they've been doing. You know, but you, the games aren't played on, on paper. So Cabano, um, Cabano came back from the break in just top-notch shape and obviously was ready and raring to go. Whereas some players, it might have taken a game or two, he hit the ground running. And that's what you want, to hit the ground running. Having said that, I don't think it's a fatal blow because I think, you know, with the way Boo Boo played, I think there are options that, that um, Scotty can use. It's whether or not he's going to throw a curveball. As, as a coach, I'll tell you, um, I was prone to do that. In big games, I'd throw curveballs because I know their coach is expecting one thing. Can I, I give you one? Can sure. I give you a potential one? Here we go. From Ryan Guy. You see, I wasn't thinking that. And I, I, but I, if, if, okay, I'm curious to know what Ryan's thought would be there. My thought... Okay. Is if Mitro is not fit, I would start Steph Joe up front as the false nine. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. And, I'll, t- and I'll, 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 I'll give my rationale here. 
Oh boy, because, this is going to be a controversial topic. Go ahead. Yeah. Look, look who's look. Who, I mean, um, look who would be marking him. It'd be Janssen, right? Yes, it would be. Right. Um, notwithstanding the Janssen hiccup the other day yeah. at Swansea, um, you got that Scandinavian rivalry there. And Steph Joe, if you, he's the sort of player, he's the sort of player that, and there's one in every team where if you say, okay, I've got a job, I need you to do. I need you to do this. This is your role. Can you go out and do it? Steph Joe's your guy. If you put him in there up front and say, well, yeah. I want you to make life miserable for these two little buggers in the middle, you know he's going to do it. You know he's going to do it. I would not. That would be something Thomas Frank wouldn't expect. Yep. Steph Joe has played in that role before. He's been sitting on the bench, probably seething, get me out there. And now you say, I've got a special job for you tonight. This is what I need you to do. Can you do it for the team? All this okay. international experience, captain of Norway. Depending on how we go with the, the, the lineup, but it's an yep. option that I, I thought about last night, and I, okay. I would not be averse to putting him. I know Max is looking at me and going, What's he, <laughs> what the hell? Max is like, what the is Giannis is thinking? In, uh, Giannis is in Cancun, so yeah, I, I no, can't no. tell what he's been up to, what he's been ingesting there. Apart on the premise of giving Thomas Frank something to think about, okay. this would be a curveball. That he this would be a major curveball. I don't would. I don't know about it this curveball. Okay. Well, um, because Boo Boo, the thing that Boo Boo demonstrated, I thought he was excellent second half. He was fantastic. I, That's why I kind of agree with Ryan on that. I, I could see that. I could see him starting Kamara. But if you bring him off the bench in the second half against tired defenders on a huge pitch, don't forget yeah. Wembley's a big pitch. Huge pitch. Uh, him against Pinnock on the right-hand side? Bye-bye, Mr. Pinnock. He's gonna, he's gonna roast him. He's gonna roast him. It's not oh, like Craven Cottage, which is a small field. He's gonna roast him. I think Boo Boo is gonna be more effective off the bench. I yeah. do. But let's I remember really when we were do. last in the playoff final, Kamara started. I know. And he did the exact same thing. I, I don't think you need to relegate him to the bench just so he's effective. He has been effective yeah, off the bench recently. But I mean, he gave John Terry and Alan Hudden a tour of time two years ago. He did. He's actually a player with playoff final experience. But I think he's a, a guaranteed. Though, Max. He's a guaranteed Max. starter for me. But if he, okay. is he a hundred yet? Because he's just come back from injury. That's that's the only ask, the thing that bothers me. He's okay, just, and that's just, a good point. That's so, a good point. How far back is he, Max? Is he able to go sixty? Because we have to base it on: can he do at least sixty and hopefully ninety? We're talking about Kamar. Can he do that? I don't know. That's that's actually a, a factor as well. All right, Max. Before we move on, I need your feedback on. Giannis's idea of Steph Joe. <laughs> Listen, it's um for for the purposes of giving Thomas Frank a curveball, it's it's right up there. I mean, I oh, think yeah. that that's a perfect way to confuse him. I don't know if it's the right way for Fulham to line up though. I see what you're saying in terms of taking Janssen out of the game. I just don't know if because if we do that and you put Stefio at a false nine yep. just to take Janssen out of the game, you do forfeit most of your focal point being up top. And I know Bobby Reed was playing that position recently, and he's not exactly the most imposing physically, but at least he brings that know-how and how to play a central striker role. And I know you said Johansson to play there in the past. I just wouldn't be as confident. Um, I think maybe off the bench that might be a solution. But yep. again, I, I like the idea of throwing curveballs, but yep. it is a playoff final, and I think it would be a, real, a gamble too far to make. Okay. I think there are other ways to take Janssen out of the game other than starting Steffi up top. But. Well. I give Giannis credit for thinking outside the box. That was an outside-the-box idea, my friend. And we will talk about the starting 11 at the end of the show. I'm glad that we actually mentioned it now because we're, t- we're talking about the last match. 
So let's quickly talk about both halves. We're going to focus on, unfortunately, two of the goals from Cardiff and one for Fulham. So, Giannis, over to you. I want to just get your analysis of the first half. I'll let Max take the second half. Give me your analysis of the first half. Let's talk about the goal Fulham gave up and then the immediate response and then how Fulham played later on in the first half. Just give me your assessment of the first half for Fulham. Well, they came out flying, and the goal that was the goal that was scored was, was came from a corner. But if you remember, the corner came stemmed from a long throwing on the right hand side. Yep. That Rodak tipped over the bar. But having looked at the replay, could he have left the ball alone in the air and, and just go he, over his head? Let it go over his head because it didn't look like the Cardiff player was going to get to it. And then there would have been a free kick. But no, he tipped it over the bar. And let's be, remember, the first 10 minutes odd, we were really struggling with the sun. Uh, yep. So I thought, oh, okay, he's tipped it. And I, thought, I didn't click. But then the corner comes in and Nelson's, oh, I don't know what was going on in the middle of that box. I mean, it was... And then before you know, we've equalized. And I think it's a run from Deco Dover Reed wide. And he does have strength. He scored goals from wide. And he's crazy. Yep. So... Ball comes in, and Morrison's missed the run inside, and, and Cabano, 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 <laughs> Cabano. <laughs> and at that point, my youngest daughter, who's 23, who was sitting in the living room, said, I'm never going to watch a soccer match with you again. You're a <laughs> lunatic. Because I was, I, I was, well, you can imagine all, all the, oh, the, I can the imagine. potty language. Yeah, the potty language. But what a perfect response. And of course, we know that when you can see that when you score a goal, the most vulnerable you are is straight from the kickoff, and they Absolutely. switched off. And um, uh, Mr. Harris would have been he couldn't have been infuriated. happy. He would have been infuriated that they got them taking the initiative. From that point on, Cardiff, you know, I mean, they won a lot of free kicks. The long throwings caused problems. They were very, very physical. We seemed to step back. I mean, they came with a game plan. Let's just go out there and, and give it to them. And, and they did that. They were at their imperiously aggressive best. Um, and I thought we were uh, um, a little fortunate to go in a half 1-1. But I was pleased. I thought, okay, well, we've still got two goals to the good. We should be fine. Okay. Um, but I don't think Scotty would have been too happy because they just, you know, on our ground, they were embarrassing us in terms of the physicality. And we didn't seem to have a lot of answer for it. Did we play nervous, Giannis? I heard a lot of commentary yeah. on this. And actually, Scott Parker... If I remember correctly, I'm paraphrasing. I think he talked about how Fulham played in this match. And I think, you know, he didn't use those words, but I'm asking you, you think they played nervous? Yeah, and it's it's sort of like, um, I mean, Brentford didn't take long to, I mean, they they opened Swansea up early, but Swansea came out nervous. You you could tell, even though they had the one goal lead. And remember, the big talking point in that tie was that IU scored the goal, but IU missed a penalty. Yep. And if that's two nothing, I'm not sure Brentford come back from that. I I, I don't I don't know. Uh, but Swansea looked nervous in that first half, um, and just they looked all over the shop. And they were playing three at the back, which t- worked, you know, down at, down in South Wales. But it was extremely naive when you got a one goal lead. I don't know, yeah, uh, what Cooper was thinking of there. Um, but we did look nervous, um, and unfortunately, some of our better players. If you, I know Max is going to go into that second goal, but. You know, yep. uh, we were let down by experienced players that really should know better. Totally agree. That's a good point. All right, let's go to the second half. And uh, I mentioned that the turning point in the match was the substitutions by my 
favorite manager. I can't stand Neil Harris, but I'm just going to mention, I want to give him credit. He made two substitutions and both of them worked, especially Lee Tomlin. Mendez Lane worked too. And, uh, mm-hmm. Max, let's talk about the second half. We have to start with their goal, and that sets up the craziness for the rest of the match, the nervousness. This was not a good ride for Fulham supporters because they scored that early second-half goal that sets everything up. So give me your view of the second half. You've already mentioned that you you were proud of how Fulham ended the match, and I agree with you on that. But we have to start with what set the whole thing up where it probably didn't need to be what it was, which was a nervous ending. But it was, and I guess you have to give credit to Cardiff City. Yes, you have to give them credit. Thoughts on their second goal and how Fulham finished the match? Well, we finally saw the Cardiff City that you know everyone expected to see throughout two legs. I mean, Neil Harris, for all his talks about you know us celebrating and being too obnoxious, he needs to ask questions about where his team was for the first 90 minutes on Monday night. Because if they played that way on Thursday like they did in the first leg, it would have been a very, very different tie. But for some reason, they only decided to show up that physical, long ball, set-piece approach until, the, until essentially the second leg. And that's all we talked about in the preview show last yep. week was that maybe dangerous and set pieces, long throws, corners. Yep. And what do we see on Thursday night? It's a goal from a long throw and a goal from a corner. That's and right. they finally started to play aggressively. But we saw none of that um, in Cardiff, actually, which was really odd from my perspective. Yep. We didn't necessarily seem ready for it. That was a dangerous thing. I'm seeing in the comments people are saying, looks like Cardiff are going to score with every set piece. And I wouldn't go that far, but they certainly were dangerous, right? And, and we, they finally saw all I think weaknesses. we missed Mitro for these situations. I think you'll agree with yeah. me on that. Sure. And, and, and Hector had a terrible error. Um, you know, I think it's fair to criticize him. He's been excellent all season, but yeah. he just lets it hit off his thigh. And I think Rodak gets beaten a little bit easy at his near post. But again, great finish by Tomlin, essentially minutes after coming on. It worked a treat. And it's, it's an odd match. You mentioned that we played nervous. I think yeah. we played as a team who didn't know how to defend a two-goal lead. As I've said many times this season. Well, here we go again. We just, we just haven't been up. We know how to defend a one-goal lead. We saw it second half. But when you're up 2-0 after the first leg, there wasn't really a sense of how we should yeah. play. Should we just defend? Should we try to attack normally? And we saw that in kind of a tentative yeah. performance. But second half, listen, they had the free kick right after the drinks break, which I don't know how it didn't go in. That was a miracle. Um, well done by Rodak. And yep. then really they had the volley over the bar by Glatzel, the very last kick of the game. Yep. But apart from that, listen, it was very nervous. Don't get me wrong. Not good for my heart. Not good for any Fulham fan's heart. But when you look at the clear-cut chances Cardiff had, you'll be hard-pressed to find them. No, they had I a lot of good sustained that. pressure, but I think we handled it quite professionally. Although it did okay. look like they might score a lot of times we limited their, their high-quality chances, which is why I was impressed with how we saw it out. It reminded okay. me a lot, actually, of um, the final 30 minutes when Adoy got sent off in the last playoff final we were in. Oh, wow. That you're going a, to some classic Because <laughs> that was a similar type of nerves. Because you know yep. if, if just one goal goes in, you know, the season's, like, the season's likely yep. over, and you knew the momentum was with them. Um, so that's how it felt. Okay, excellent. I want to share this because I agree with this from June Lee. Tomlin's injury was a lucky break for us. And uh, I would have to agree with that because he was very dangerous. He was giving us all kinds of problems. He goes off injured. You don't like to see players injured, but let's be honest, it did benefit Fulham. But Fulham, I thought, lost something with Cabana going off. But, Max, before we move on to talk about the second half, I have to talk about Abubakar Kamar because he was a huge bright spot in the second half. 
And if it wasn't for a couple of great saves by Smithies, Fulham would have won easier than they did. So I have to give uh, Abubakar Kamara a lot of credit. And, uh, you know, and again, if we're going to talk about injuries to, to Tom, I want to say that Kamara's hurt too for a different reason. Even though Kamara played well, I think that emotionally, I said this to Emilio, I thought it hurt us. I thought, I thought it set us back because he had played so well. He became a leader out there. Taking him off, I thought, was a setback for Fulham. Your thoughts? Yeah, Cabana was a miss. Um, but if anything, I thought Kamara played even better in terms of how he influenced okay. the play. I mean, he just had the self-belief to take those shots from outside the box. And again, that's been consistent throughout his entire time at Fulham. He's always believed in himself. Yep. But mainly those shots go, you know, in Rosette, where completely out for throwing. Right. But, I mean, I think what we've seen with Kamara recently is a combination of confidence and capability. His skill has improved a great amount, and he, and he can back that up with his self-belief. And he really should have scored those two goals. I mean, great yep. saves by Smithies. Really great saves. I think it's a great comment um, about Tallman as well. Yes. He's a player who feels like he's been around for you know, 15, 20 years. You can't believe he's still playing. Um, he's such a little troll, but he's so quality. He, he does give <laughs> us problems. Um, and it, it was a lucky break. Yeah. But I think the point about Kamara is really great because yeah. he's someone, again, who's gone through so much in terms of adversity at Fulham, so many controversies, so many run-ins, even with, with the law, with other players. But his but, shots were confident shots. These right. were – there was something – real behind that and again I don't know if he has that kind of zip on his shots like two years ago yeah I just don't see it I see a maturity from Abubakar Kamara and not just as a person but in his game so yeah I definitely wanted to point that out to both of you guys okay uh let me ask you guys both this because again the some of the commentary I've seen Say internationally, you know, nationally in England and and around the world, I kept hearing all the plaudits from Cardiff City about how well they played. I, I listened to a bunch of different shows, and I talk sport. How they were unlucky, unfortunate. I'm going to say it right now: they were not unfortunate. Fulham were the better side in the two legs. Okay, I'm sick and tired of that talk. Fulham deserved to go on, Giannis. Not Cardiff City. They did not do enough. They did not get it done. Fulham got it done. So sorry to the people in the media that keep harping on this Cardiff City bandwagon, which I don't understand. They were not the better team. They did not deserve to move on. I have to scratch this itch because it really has ticked me off the last four days. Yeah, they're, they're not a fun. I mean, they're not a lot of fun to watch, to be honest about this. They're really not. Um, but... Uh, it's funny, I was thinking about Lee Tomlin last night. And, yep. I mean, you say, man, he's been around for, I mean, the guy's 31, but he's, he's an incredible story. And they, they, they obviously missed him. There was obviously some certain doubts coming into the game. There's no way that he wouldn't have started if he wasn't 100%, 100%. And this is a guy who, you know, played very well for Bristol City. He had some problems with his yep. weight, had some mental health issues. I believe attempted suicide at least once. I mean, this guy's come from the yeah. brink, and he's one of the. He's, he's a. He doesn't have to be the quickest. Uh, he reminds me of a, a, a former Mexican international. Both of you will know uh, well. Um, Blanca, Guatemala Blanca. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, S- similar kind of build, awkward looking, um, but oh. Geez. He was a great player, by the great way. Great player. I mean, and and Tomlin. Tomlin's one of those. I, I look at Premier League clubs and I go. 
you know, look at someone like Tomlin and what he can do. Yep. And he's of that quality. He he really yep. is. And um, he got a raw deal down at Bristol City and, and the Cardiff yep. fans. And he is their best player. I mean, he's yeah. he, once he gets going, you you got problems. But um, I agree, we were the better side. Um, we were the better side. We're not. We're not a great. I mean, they're, they're not fun, much fun to watch. I actually think Tom Lee's wasted on a team like that. Um, but unfortunately, there's a lot of this. I've heard this very back in like Sky Sports and it's anti-Fulham sentiment. And, I'm telling you, yeah, I'm not imagining this. Okay, no. I am so not imagining this because yeah, I'm glad I'm, that you brought this up. I think that it's partially has to do with Brentford. Okay, because I think that they are the media darlings because of the style of play. And it's a great story. So they are being pumped up like you wouldn't believe. And listen, I think Brentford play a great brand of football. They can be beat. And I'll just say that right now. But Fulham are getting, again, I don't think they they are getting the respect that they deserve, partially because possibly our style of play and the style of play of Brentford. But what are you going to say about Cardiff City? I, I could not stop hearing all the plaudits on them. And they lost. Fulham deserved to go there. I'm sorry, Giannis. I, I had to yeah. go there on this. Max, quickly over to you. I want, I want to get your thoughts on this because, for me, I keep seeing it. I keep reading it. All this about Cardiff, Cardiff, what if, what if, what if. Well, what if gets you nothing. They didn't do enough. Fulham did enough. As you said, at the end of the match, it's professional. They got it done. Yeah, but if I'm Scott Parker, I, I say bring it on. You know, we saw Marcondes talk yeah. earlier today about oh. how Brentford the favorites. Oh, I agree no, with no, you. But listen, we can get angry all we want. This is playing into our hands. Parker's going to put that quote up on the dressing room no, wall. T- I actually gonna agree use that. With you. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, every every sports team, no matter what league or what point. sport. Yeah, well, great, you're going to bring that. Sure, of course, tremendous. But you're, they're going to say, um, no one believes in us. We're the underdog. Yeah. You know, those classic cliches. Yeah. In, in this instance, it's not true. Like, I'd, Many people back us, but if the, the team can use that narrative to their advantage and yep. say, listen, you know, we, we're the plucky upstarts and we're, no yep. one thought we could win, but we did it. Of course, that's not true. We're one of the best teams in the division. But if sure. Parker can use that as motivation, anything psychological a coach can use just to eke out that last bit of effort from his players on Tuesday, we'll take it. So I'm actually happy to see this play out. I'm, I'm happy to see cocky okay. Brentford players speak, uh, give quotes saying, you know, they've beaten us twice. There's no reason they can't do it again. Because very often those come back to bite you. Oh, absolutely. That's actually a good point. It's bulletin board materials, we would say, over here. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that does give you something to hold on that Scott Parker can say. It's something – I'm sorry, Max. That Belichick uses over and over again and actually helps with motivation. All right, guys, I have some controversial topics for you. And since we've been talking about Scott Parker, let's start here, okay? And uh, – I just want to throw it out there. We're going to talk about it. He is our manager. He is. I'm going to say this before I share this. He has won me over. Okay, I'm going to say this. He was not my pick, but he has proven himself to me. He should be the full manager next season. Win or lose, he should be the full manager. I'm saying that right now. He deserves that opportunity regardless of the division we're in. He's earned it to me. For me, he has earned it. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. Here we go. Max, I'll give you first shot at this. Are you sold on Scott Parker to be your full manager moving forward? Now, again, still seeing talk about Scott Parker, and I thought we are getting to a final. If someone brings you to a final, he has earned it for me. 
he has earned it. But I want to get your view on this because it's still a polarizing topic. A polarizing figure is Scott Parker. Your thoughts. Has he earned it for you? For sure. I think he has. I, I think it's tough because, you know, f- uh, flashback to the QPR match, right? We just lost the Brentford and Leeds in successive matches. And then we go down 1-0 in the first minute. And it, it's Parker out that time. At that time, many people thought if, if we lose that match to QPR, he's sacked. He's gone. Yep. Um, and to where we are today in the playoff final, playing the way we've done, you know, um, it, it's, it's like night and day. He's one, he's one over for me purely because he will get better as a manager. Right. I was the first to criticize him a lot this season. I've always stood by him. I've always said he should be the manager. But he's made yep. mistakes. And the way he sets up sometimes is overly predictable and hurt and doesn't get the most out of the team. That being said, it's his first year as a full manager in That's one right. of the toughest divisions. He can only get better. And, you know, a lot of people thought we'd go up automatically, and there's a lot of disappointment about what, what could have been this season. But the fact of the matter is to be within one match of the Premier League, no matter what happens, I think that's a very good achievement by Parker. Of course, I, t- I totally it's, it's, agree. it's tough to be talking about it before the Tuesday, you know, because no. let's say Eddie Howe, we get Eddie Howe, and, and no, one, no one's saying that's likely, but you can't speculate based on when we don't know what division we're in. Of course, no. if he gets us promoted, he's nailed on to be manager. And I'd say even if he loses, I'd back and be manager. But I don't think we can say with certainty what will happen if we lose on Tuesday. Okay. I'd like him to be manager because I think he'll improve. But the club could easily go for someone who's tested in getting teams promoted, like an right. Eddie Howe figure, and it's a different story. And I wouldn't necessarily be devastated with that. I right. do think it deserves a second season, though, no matter what happens. Right, but this is more what do you think? I understand what the team are going to do could be completely different, Max. They could have a, a, a different view on this. I'm just saying as a Fulham supporter and a fan of a team, I can say this about any team that I follow, that if someone proves themselves to me, I back them. Uh, again, he's proved himself to me. And for I've heard this, well, they've gotten there because of the talent that we have. It's strictly on the talent. And that's a load of crap, okay? You win, you lose, you draw as a team. He is a part of it. His coaching staff's a part of it. He is part of the success, not just the players. They work hand-in-hand. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts. Before I do, I just want to share this comment. This is from David Perry. He's sold. So, Giannis, I kind of know your your view on this. Are you sold? If we lose 10-0 to the fodder on Tuesday, he'll still be the manager. (laughs) Because, uh, I mean... I think, okay. he's a, I think he's done a, I think he's done a super job. And, and for all those Fulham fans that think we should get someone else, who? I mean, a, a young manager. I mean, he, he had a few games in the Premier League. I thought he did pretty well. Apart from that last game against Newcastle, nobody gives a shit. But that, yep. He's done, you know, he's had to deal with injuries this year. Let's not forget that. The pandemic. And he's a young manager who um, is grounded, has a great deportment, presents himself well to the media, um, has the trust of the trust of the players. They play for him. Yep. He, he's, he's flexible in certain ways. Defensively, he's really, really tightened things up. The number of clean sheets. Um, we're not Chelsea. Remember when Chelsea won the title and they, they fired Ancelotti? Yep. I mean, what sort of a club is that? That's not. That's not. A, I mean, that's. Uh, they're not a Watford. You know, you fire the manager with two games. How stupid do they look now? You're going to lose half your players. And actually, going back to the thing about Mark Honda's, Mark Honda's should yep. keep his mouth shut. He should have been he should have been retroactively banned for that stamp in the first leg, much like um, what's his name is going to get Mitro. Um, 
Right, number one. Oh, Joe and Bennett? Not, yeah, Joe or, Bennett. And right. Number two, be careful for what he wishes for because he's one of the players now that's been talking about in the media together with Ben Rama and Watkins where the vultures are coming in looking to put the bids in. You know, don't tell me the players aren't reading the, the, the newspaper. Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. So he should, he should before, don't run before you can walk. There's no, there's no, there's no you, if, you, if you dare to talk about how good we are, then you are underestimating. They are, Giannis. And, yeah. and this is actually, as Max said, this is good news. Because they're cocky. They are playing in the Fulham's hands. Not only they're going to come in overconfident, but Scott Parker can use all this as material for his team. You know, and I've seen it too many times. It's that, that talk before the match. You can bring all this. You can talk about all the comments. It will irritate these players to the point that it'll be used as fuel. So I want them, please keep talking because I think it, it, actually could benefit Fulham. They want to be overconfident going into this. I think it's very difficult to beat a team three times in a season. And you're going to say that? Keep saying it. Keep saying it. I have no issue with you saying it. Say it some more. I'm all for that because I think it plays into Fulham's hands. Like Max said, it's going to be used by Scott Parker and the players. And uh, if they need any extra motivation, I'm telling you that if it gives you any lift, thank you to the players of Brentford who are speaking about this because you're, you're only helping Fulham. If you don't think those words hurt you, they do because teams can use it against you. So I'm glad that we're talking about it. But before we move on talking about Scott Parker, I just wanted to bring this up partially because I was not fond of the move, I, we could say a year ago, because I wanted a, a proven manager. But I'm here. I will always admit when I was wrong. Guys, I was wrong. He's done a good job. Do I love the style of play? Sometimes it does drive me a little crazy. But I see a young manager learning his trade. And we are benefiting from it. It's not just the talent. He has a hand in this. It works hand in hand. If people just think it's the talent that we have, you're wrong. Scott Parker's playing a role in this. In fact, I would say a significant role. Hand-in-hand hand with the players. It, you can't do it with just a manager. You, you can't do it with just the players. You, I guess some think that you can. I think you need both to really be a good team. We're a good team, and it's because of the players and Scott Parker and his coaching staff. And I just wanted to share that. On, on top of that, I want to talk about this, because this has also been a bone of contention, another topic that kind of goes along with talking about Scott Parker. Max, I'm going to give you a first shot at this. What is more important to you? Would it be Fulham playing attractive football or winning? If you had to pick, what's more important? Is it winning or is it I would rather be entertained? What is your view on this? It has to be winning. Uh, I think any, any supporter will tell you that. But uh, I think everyone here is going to say winning. That's my prediction. But I, I would challenge you guys to say if we played like Cardiff City played and we won, would people be happy? Now, I'd be happy, but I think there would be a lot more dissent um, from fans if you played that long ball, route one, long throw, totally set pieces. Because we do like to decry that style of football all the time on this podcast. Yep. I'd be happy if it, mean, if, if it meant we won, but I don't know if everyone would be. Um, and I'd say what we have right now, I wouldn't call it um, ugly football. You know, it's, it's, it's not... Terror, it's not the most easy on the eye. It's not a candidate. We know that. But again, yep. I do think what we do, we do aim to play the right way. 
it's just too slow sometimes. I'd still say generally what Parker does is in the mold of attractive football, trying to play the right way, how we'd all like to play. Um, but to answer the question, winning for sure. Okay. And I'm going to share this from our co-host, Mr. Steve Wigger. Winning. All about the result. I talked to Emilio. He agreed on this. But Steve, but, Steve, Steve says he's not sold on Parker, um, which is interesting. And I see yeah. it's coming from – I'd say for people who are skeptics yep. on Parker, all, you have, all I have to do is look yep. at what Steve happened. also said this. I want to share over, that as well. See, after Tuesday. Yeah. See, I disagree with that. I disagree what, what with, with the putting playoffs, it all right? on that result. I disagree with that. But, I mean, if you look at the players and how they viewed Parker – in that post-match speech on Thursday, that spoke that volumes. That was powerful to me. stuff. Because a lot of people say about Parker, you know, he's young. Players don't trust him. He doesn't have the confidence of the dressing room. Look, look at how they looked at him after that. There is absolutely no one even cracked a smile. They knew what he was saying, and they looked up to him, and I think they believed in him. And that to me was just said it all to me. And that's why yep. I really think he's the right man. Okay, Giannis, over to you. What is more important to you? Is it playing attractive football or winning? And again. We'd like it to be both, but I'm asking a question because I know that there are fans out there that despise Parker Ball, despise it. I hear from them all the time. I want to be entertained. This is what I hear. I want to be entertained. I get it. I'm not disagreeing with it, but for me, it's more important to win. I I don't remember. I'm just trying to think the last manager we had where we, we played long ball, and that was Alan Dix. So those of you older fogies out there will remember how bad we were. And, um, that was back in the 80s. Yep. We've always played attractive football. What I have a, a discomfort level with is a lot of Fulham fans that see, don't like Parker ball. I mean, the, the, the thing that I find, I find intriguing and I actually like is the fact that our back five, the back five is utilised with as much skill in terms of possession and first touch as the Front five. Yep. So Rodak gets lots of touches. The fullbacks get lots of touches. The centre-backs, what's wrong with that? If teams are not, not going to close down, that's fine. So we're knocking it about, we're knocking it about. And, and fans don't like that. And I, So what would you rather, what would, you know, okay, Rodak rolls it out to Hector and Hector just thumps it down the field. So there's really no point to what you're saying. What the people, fans are saying is we've got four zones in the field. We've got a zone one, screw zone two, and you're probably going to screw zone three. So you're just going to go one to four. Now, if you're in a car, you wouldn't do that. You know, if you had a standard right. transmission, you wouldn't go first to fourth, right? And if you've got an automatic transition, it naturally goes first to second to third to fourth. So it's a patient build-up where they're knocking about. They don't spray long balls to each other in about five. It's it's to feet to feet to feet to feet to feet. It's a patient way of doing it. I as a I don't have a problem with that at all. A lot of people do have. They call it Parker ball. So what? This is guy. You need to make the respect to the players. This guy was an England captain. He, this guy, got England, England caps. This guy has been captain at every club he's been. Yep. People forget what he was like as a player with us not so, so long ago. That's the right. players are playing for him in that huddle after game. You didn't see one set of eyes not focused on the manager. You didn't see one. That's respect. That's the, the, he has. Look at respect. the reaction after the Onuma goal. Absolutely, that's, like, that's, all, has, that's all you need to say. That's all, all you need that's to it. know. This, they love this guy. They love this manager. They do. And, he's a, and you know what? Um, I'm sure that when Eddie Howe was 31 and he took over at Bournemouth and they were second from bottom in, in League Two, they went, "Oh, who's this little thingy?" But he played there for, for many years, so he was considered legendary by the club supporters, and they supported his philosophy. 
and it took them all the way up, plus five years in the Premier League with a, with a club that has 11,000 capacity of Vitality Stadium. I mean, this guy knows the business. He's a young coach and he's going to improve. Yep. So this thing about parkable bollocks, about parkable, you, you know what? If you don't like parkable, so go and support Cardiff. Because if you think it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's, no, listen, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm very much pro Parker, but okay. you have to accept there's, there's a middle ground between Hector and Reem passing around the back and playing quicker possession football, getting to the midfield three quicker. That's not long ball. I mean, there is a middle ground between what you're saying. But he's che- it's che- it's a chess game. It's, it's it a is very, a chess game. It's a, it's it's very. It's, I, it's I do agree with patience. Giannis on this, but I see where Max is coming from. Fans are frustrated because they don't move the ball quick enough. That's quick what enough. Max is talking about. Because we've seen how well it could look that second half against Cardiff City at Cardiff City. It does work if it mm-hmm. really is clicking, and if it moves quicker, but. At times, they can be very patient, Giannis, and I understand why they do this. And again, it does, I, I think, reflect Parker as a player to Parker as a manager. He is doing it in a certain way. It is like, like you said, all the zones need to be meshing together. So it really is like like an engine. They all, all pistons need to be firing, and they all need to be on the same page. So it is patient buildup. But when it does work well, it works really well. And I've seen it now. That's what what changed my mind I'm, or really sold me was that second half against Carter City because I see the potential of what he's doing. Again, he's a young manager. It's taking time for this system to fully show itself. You know, it's funny. They're hard to beat. What if they get the other part of their game together to go with being hard to beat? Then you become a really good side. And Fulham are a really good side. I don't think we're giving the team enough credit. They've come a long way, okay? They're scoring goals. Other players are scoring goals without Mitro now, okay? And other players are stepping up. And that, to me, Parker Ball, I understand why people don't like Parker Ball. But I can see, uh, I can see Parker Ball turning into something else, Giannis. And I'll just say, if you don't believe me, watch the second half of Cardiff City. Because that, to me, is what you will see Fulham eventually be. I just don't think that they can do it on a regular basis because, again, it's the end of the season. I think Fulham are on that path to seeing, to being that team that plays like that on a regular basis. They're just not there yet. Yeah, and we don't have the – I don't think we – I mean, we've, we don't think we quite have the personnel yet. Um, and, and, that think, might, and, and that might be a factor know, in this as yeah. well. Yeah, we're, just, we're not we're not quite we're not quite there yet. But I've never I mean I've never had a problem with yeah. uh, with the Parker. But I, it's just patient. It's not you know um, he's been here a year and a little bit, and yep. um, he I think the respect that Parker is garnering right now is such that if he's let go as a manager, there will be openings in the Premier League. Absolutely. Where owners will go, we want him. Same way as Eddie Howe is going to be able to pick oh, that. Oh, this is badness. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Parker's Max. not a friendly manager just yet. If we get no, promoted, no, 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 we can no, no, talk. No, no. Because you know what it is? You know what it is? Yep. It's the, uh, I, I actually believe Tuesday's game is going, to, is going to be the difference between the two coaches. I think, I think Parker is the one that's going to... Because for me, um, we see, see all these interviews. Take the Thomas Frank... After the first leg against Swansea, yep, he came out all bluster and nuster, and we're gonna 
thing and, and my players are irritated and my fine. But with Parker, he's very even killed. And for me, he's he is obviously a I mean Tottenham thought very highly of them. He had the under 18 Academy, they were really reluctant for him to interview for the job because they saw a long-term future in the club for him. The, yep. He's a young manager. Like we all laughed at Gareth Southgate. Southgate, right. England manager. What, what are you? What, what are you on? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh-huh. look what he's done in two years with that England setup and how young and promising. You got you got competition in every spot. Yep. And don't forget. I'm just going to share some some of these comments, guys. From Daniel. absolutely, Daniel. Absolutely. There's he's no way Parker through. shouldn't be retained. And again, I understand why fans. Want change. You know, again, it's easy to talk about change, but I just see him as a young manager maturing. And Max, I'm just going to mention this. I mentioned this to Giannis offline. I know what you're saying. He's not ready for the Premier League to, for another side. I listened to Talk Sport after the Fulham match because I, I listened to a recording of it. One of their shows, they were throwing out, why don't West Ham? Go after Scott Parker. I'm not making that up. They were throwing it out there because he's a former player. And they don't watch Fulham as closely as we do. They were throwing it out there. Hey, maybe West Ham should go after Scott Parker. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of speculation out there. Um, but oh. he's not going to go. He's not. I mean, if no. I'm a friendly club and we don't get promoted, I'm not going after Parker. But okay. I think he's the right man to manage in the Premier League if he gets a club promoted. I'm not saying he can't manage in the Premier League ever, but I, I would be very surprised if another Premier League club poaches him. That's what I'd say. But. Okay. All right. West Ham well, would be the obvious. Russ, I think Russ has got, he's onto something there. It's funny, in the same vein, vein I think, Eddie West Ham are a joke of a club. They're a joke of a club. They think they can get <laughs> someone like Manuel Pellegrini and play, you know, get top seven, and every single year they're always 17th or 16th. But if I think they're always top- really funny. Yeah, and Parker's different. Sure. If there's one team that on. that that might consider him, it would be West Ham, former player, just just like Frank oh. Lampard at Chelsea. How different is it, Max? Yeah, what entire what right? I'm let's be. I'm talking of Frank Lampard. You know, and, and not, cup again, final specialist over three. And, where, and let's go back to the deportment. Let's talk about that piece about grounded in the coaching. Look at his reaction when Liverpool beat them. The, the game that they were anointed as you know, champions and all that sort yeah. of stuff, and his reaction on the bench. Okay? And the, the players see that, right? Yeah. Now, I wouldn't... You can give me a thousand Lumpards, and he's not going to make a Scotty Parker. Because Lumpard took a Derby County that was sixth, that ended up then, the next season, being sixth. He's taken a Chelsea team that finished third last year, that are now fourth. That's a fact. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. And, and I think. I think it's ridiculous. He was even given the Chelsea job. But okay. Chelsea, I think, is Chelsea's a, a is a is a bum club. It's a bum <laughs> club because look at the managers Abramovich has gone through. Yep. The great managers that they've gone through at Chelsea have all been treated like shit. And you decide, oh, I'm going to bring Lampard in because he was a Chelsea legend. You know, he bought, he, t- he broke Tamblin's record and thingy, but he didn't do anything at Derby. So you give him all this thing. Yesterday, you saw a, an Arteta. Arteta has been molded and molded by Pep, and this is a guy you can see. He's got, he's got a system. He's turning it round. He's grounded. He's young, and that's and that's the sort of not the emotional thing and the Thomas Franks and yep. 
Scotty Parker is even killed. And that's the West Ham thing. I, I think is a is a sm- it would be smart because they're so stupid. And West Ham are a joke. Oh yeah. But David David Moyes he saved them. But there's going to come a point they're going to go. Oh, well, we'll get another yep. thing. And if I'm Scotty Parker and we don't go up on Tuesday, and Gold and hey Scotty, what are you doing? You fancy coming for it? He's not going. He's going to turn him down. He's not going to right. Who would turn down a chance? And did people <laughs> question Eddie Howe five years ago when he yep. was 37, and he was playing Rochdale? 11 years ago, and ba- Barnett were above them in League Two when he took over. Barnett! Did anybody question? No. But now he's 42 years of age, and people say, What a magnificent job he did. So, anyway, okay. Scotty Parker's my man. That's it. <laughs> okay, that's it. okay. Ever, that's, that's it. Okay. Guys, I want to have some time with you that we can actually preview a, a little bit. Like I said, we're going to have another show which will be a full preview, but I want. Giannis and Max to express themselves about the final. We're all excited. So I'm going to start with this topic, guys, and this will get us going because I want to get your thoughts on the, on the starting 11 for the final. Let's start here, guys. Okay, Max, would you start Mitro if he is fit to play? I, I love the way you worded that question because it made it very easy for me because if he's fit, of course he starts. But that's a, but no one knows he's fit. That's a big question, right? So okay. I think it's. I love the wording. Great, you gave me a softball. <laughs> you hit it out of the park. Of course, if he's fit, the big question is how fit is he? But let, let's let's say he's fit. Let's hope. Okay. Of course, he starts as a central striker without a okay. doubt. Without a doubt. And listen, that's been a big thing in the comments. People have been saying, "Listen, we've played well without him." That's true, but the best goal scorer in the league, you don't leave him out of the biggest match of the season. It, okay. It's not very complicated. It's just very simple as you play and move fit. Okay. Giannis, how about you? I think you start two, Mitro if he is yeah, fit to play. There's two levels of fitness I'm, I'm worried about. Firstly, the physical, and secondly, between the ears. If he's 100% fit to go, then he has to start. I don't. 26 goals. But one of the question marks against Mitro was well, two things. Firstly, we've played well without him in the lineup, although we do miss him defensively. Against yep. Cardiff, we could have really done with him coming back and defending free kicks and set pieces because he's brilliant in the air. But the second one is that there have been question marks about his, about his attitude. If he's mentally ready for this, if he's 100% and he's up for this, that's all we need. That's all we need because he's more than a handful. He commands the respect with all the goals and defensively in the air, he's superb. But if his mind is, is really in this, if he's in tune... Yep. With this game, it'll be a massive pickup for us in terms of if he's available to play. Of course, we don't know. As Max says, is he, is he, if he's eighty percent, I'd put him on the bench. I just, okay. I just, I wouldn't take the risk. Just okay. Because. So for you, for you, it's level of fitness. Yep. If he's only at eighty percent, he starts off the bench. If he's ready to go, start him. Absolutely, Max. What do you think about that? It's tough. I just don't want a situation in which we start him because we feel obligated to, but he's essentially a passenger on the pitch, and we can tell he's not the same meter that we love. Okay. That's honestly what I feel the most. So for you, it's all about fitness. Is he ready to Yeah, go? I mean, yeah, but if he's fit, there's, there's, no, I mean, there's no doubt you start him. Okay. He's the best player in the division. Okay, all right. All right, Max, over to you. Give me your starting 11. That's tough. Um, you know, Benelli and goal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Max, come on. We have a lot of people watching live. Listen. 
that, that, that might be watching for the first time or hold listening up, that, that don't up, know you're loving about Ben now. Come that on. That is as serious as Giannis saying Stephanie Johansson plays false no, nine. Let me just be no, clear. That's, was, com- that's the same <laughs> level there was, there of seriousness. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, ben, ahead, has won, ben never has won a playoff final before, but you know, of course not. So R- Rodak and goal. Okay. Um, Hector Reem. I think Brian on the left, and I'm going to say Cyrus Christie on the right. Okay. I'm really impressed with Christie lately. Has to start. Uh, midfield, Carney, Autumn, Reed. It's gotten okay. us this far. I think it's good enough for the final. And then Mitro starts up top. Kamara, I guess Kamara on the left, and Knockard on the right. Okay. That's for me. I, you could play Bobby Reed on the right. You could convince me there. But I, I think Knockhart's gives me the defensive work rate. And listen, I'm not his biggest fan going forward. I think forward. you go with Knockhart. I agree with this yeah. because because he's really become a two-way player for Fulham. I agree with you, yeah. Max. All right, Mr. Janais, you mentioned this earlier. Are we going to get Steph Joe up front? Give me your starting 11. Okay. Um, if Mitro's fed, um, Chris did right, Brian at left. Hector and Ream in the middle. I thought Ream had a very good game in the second leg. He did. And I, 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 I think he had a very good two games. It, I've seen evidence where he's perked up again, and it's great to see. You know, he's, um, Hector had that mare with the, with the second goal. Um, but I thought Ream was excellent. Midfield, I think you have to keep the three. I mean, Harry Art was training today, but he's had no game time. So... I thought, and I've been, I've been quick to criticise Kenny, as you know. I thought yep. he had a good game on Tuesday defensively. He went okay. on that one run where he got taken out. Let's not mention that freaky that I think my mum would have gotten. I mean, that was quite <laughs> awful. But I thought defensively he did a very good job um, in the second leg. And I thought that Onoma and, and Reed. I don't think it was Reed's greatest game, actually. I, I thought Onoma had a little bit more energy. Um, but and I love that thing at the end with the rugby tackles when he was that was just classic. Just I was rolling on the floor laughing at. Up front, if Mitro is fit, if Mitro is fit, I play I play Knockhart on the left. I play Dekadova Reed on the right. Okay. And I put Mitro in the middle. Okay. Because remember Mitro because again Dekadova Reed set up the goal for Cabana. If Mitro is not fit, would you do what you said before with 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 the whole curveball? Just in case anyone anyone wasn't listening at the beginning of the show, we were talking about throwing something to Thomas Frank that was completely different. Giannis has been thinking about Steph Joe as a false nine. Uh, And I and I don't mean disrespect to take it because I love you. Would do that if Mitro wasn't fit. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd throw I'd, because again, okay. remember their plans. If you look at Brentford's plans, okay. they will not. They're right. not seeing that coming. They're not seeing that coming. And and Steph Joe is a role player, and he's the sort of lad that you, you give him that that opportunity. Okay, I need you to do this. Um, Knockhart to me still looks out of sorts on the right. Defensively, he's done a good job, but offensively, he's done nothing or little to nothing. You can't take yep. Dekadova Reed out. I still like Boo Boo coming off the bench. I still think because it's easy, you know, Swansea, for, sorry, for Cardiff, it was easy to attack us at the cottage in the second leg because it's a small pitch. Yep. Griffin Park is a tin pot pinch, pitch, but this is Wembley Stadium. This is a big, big, there's nowhere to hide. There's yep. nowhere to, this, and Brentford looked good in their little 
you know, their little corner corner parking lot. But <laughs> Wembley is a massive field, and they're going to find out pretty quickly that. Um, Let me ask you, you guys this. Let... I have to break I'm... in because I have to ask you this, and I should have set this up for the two of you. And I was talking to Amelia about this. Sorry to interrupt, Giannis. I'm going to ask you both this. Hmm. The big pitch at Wembley. Who does it benefit huh? more? Believe it or not, I think it benefits Fulham more. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And, and oh, I oh, understand yeah. that they have all the pace in the world. But I think if they get control, I'm talking about Fulham, get control of the match and weather the storm, I think the big pitch is going to wear this team down. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, Giannis, do you agree with me on that? Uh, Absolutely. And you know what? If you look, if you now could look back to the second leg of the Brentford Swansea game, Cooper's got probably going, what the bollocks was I thinking? He, he's, he played a back three with a one goal lead. And, and, and within 14 minutes, there were two goals down. It's a huge pitch. Yep. This is going to be, we've got, we've got a lot of players who've got experience of playing there, whether as, in, as internationals or for Fulham in the playoff game two years ago. Brentford are the favourites. Brentford have all this swirling talk about people, you know, leaving and all this sort of stuff. They've all been played up and all that sort of stuff. But it's based on emotion. And yep. that is a pitch where you cannot hide. You bring Boo Boo off the bench with 30 minutes to go and say, yep. let the hounds loose. On yep. that pitch against Pinnock? Holy, whoa, let's stop the bets. I just think we've got... I, it's such a good field for us to knock the, the patient Parker ball works on a pitch like that. See, this is what I think. Everybody. I think Parker ball actually has an advantage at Wembley. I, I believe that Max, I want to get your thoughts. And on top of it, I'm going to put this up here because I actually read a good article from Cameron Ramsey on Fulmish and he was talking about matching the excitement. So I'm just, again, I want to give Cameron credit because he gave me the idea to share this. Match the intensity. It's the same thing, excitement, intensity, especially early on it with uh, Brentford. If you can do that on a large pitch, you might be able to wear this team down. And this is where Parker Ball might actually be an advantage for Fulham. What, what are your thoughts? Does the big pitch at Wembley benefit Fulham or does it benefit Brentford more? I think it gives us more space to play that passing football that you guys are talking about. But, again, it has to be quick. There's no point knocking it about slowly, then you lose. Because the whole point of a knocking about quickly is to make the opposition run. If yeah. it's slow, predictable, they don't have to move their shape very much. They can stay in their defensive shape without really exerting any real effort. I'm not going to disagree quick, with you on that. Yeah, I mean, but that, that's, that's, just, that's just a tactical fact, the football. If Parker Ball is played the way it's meant to be played, quickly, then yes, we can tire them out. Okay. If it's just Hector Reem, uh playing keep away, and, you know, a 2v4 Rondo, then no, it's, it's not going to work out. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. I love the fact that we've been there before. Yes. Kamara has started there before. Kearney, Mitra. So many of these players Mitra. have been there before. We have the nows to play on that stage. Again, so that's what I really think. You can say the pitches will be a factor, perhaps, sure. But I think the biggest thing is just the experience. Oh, the yeah, yeah, we know what it's like. And I think there's a stat Brentford have never been successful in any playoff campaign. No, they haven't been on this stage before. Well, I guess you could say they have been, but they haven't been successful at this stage. This is this is a huge deal. And can they get it done? They've actually, you know, again, they've been promoted, so 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 they've done some things. But this is really a big deal for them. Can they go get over the line? Can they can they win a final like this? 
Giannis, have they been in a final like this before? And and one, I, again, I don't know my Brentford history. Uh, the Hounslow Cup final. Um, <laughs> they've won that every year for the last 130 years. Um, they've No. Um, I mean, they've not been in the top league since 1947. But, I mean, have they been in, like, a, a, a final, no. like a League One or... A, Again, uh, maybe, maybe playoff. I'd have to go back and check. I'm never, not that I've ever had any interest in those buggers, because for us, it's been all about the ha-has and Chelsea, right? <laughs> uh, Brent, Brentford are, are like, um, uh, so Alex referred to Man City many years ago as yep. no, noisy neighbours. Yeah. You know, and Brentford are a little bit like, yeah, they're noisy. They hate they, us. Right. And we, and we just, they're just like a fly. They're like, oh, get off my, get off my kitchen table. Yeah. I'm having a salad. You know, they don't, there's no, you know, but I mean, they, they, they've really played up. But the, the, the Wembley pitch, and oh, and there's another thing that we can't discount, and that's the weather. It's warm in London right now. Yep. And it has been for a little while. And although they've had the day extra to prepare, I always think that in a game like this, that means you've got a day extra to think about the game. And in a game as big as this, that means a day extra to be nervous about. Yep. It's a psychological game. It but is. I think, I think that, as Max said, we've got players that have played there. We know the Wembley pitch. Scotty's going to say, look, as far as those buggers are concerned, we're going to lose anyway. So let's go out there and let's show them. Because the two games that were played over this season mean nothing. No, they don't. Nothing. Nothing. At all. Out of the window. Done. So when the whistle blows, I think that both teams will be ready. Um, And if Mitro can play brilliant, and if Mitro doesn't, I think my master plan will work. <laughs> of course, Max will disagree. But okay. I, I, I just think that, you know, just um, Frank, I think, is probably, he's a pretty, pretty um, confident guy. He's probably, Absolutely. He's, he's very confident. Like I said, I think this is playing in the yeah. hands. I think the team is taking on his attitude. And again, listen, I have much respect for the way Brentford play. I do. I, I think they have talented players. But this isn't Liverpool former playing. This isn't Man City. They can be beat. And mm-hmm. if Fulham play their game, they can win this match. So, guys, let's wrap this up with, with – uh, I'm going to go to both of you on different things. Let's start with, with Max. What are your keys for Fulham against Brentford? What do they need to do, my friend? Sure. I think it's not really talked about enough, but I think the defense has to step up. Brentford, I think, are the, one of the best attacking teams in the division. You just look at their goal difference, and it's astounding. They score goals for one for fun. Um, Watkins, Ben Rama, Marcondes. I mean, these are really exciting, quick attacking players. And the thing is, that through ball to Watkins is one of the most dangerous plays yep. they have. So for me, it's Tim Riemann Hector. They need to be on their toes. They can't be flat-footed. They have to mark Watkins, uh, watch those runs in behind. And Brian and Christie also have to be aware. They have to track their runners. Yep. If we can keep it – the big thing for me is keep it nil-nil – until I think going to half, don't concede until in the half. I, I'm if we there go behind you, my early, friend. If we go behind early, that's going to be tough because let's be clear. We can talk all we want about Brentford and that they haven't won a playoff final or haven't been in the stage. All that's true. But when is the last time we beat Brentford? Right? It's I think been it's, a while. I think it's 2015 or so. It's they are honestly um, a tough team for us in, in terms yeah. of mentally. So I think another key is psychological. We have to have belief in ourselves to know sure. we can break that duck. Because they have really had our number for the past yep. three or four seasons, right? Yep. Um, and then for me, another big key has to be the midfield as well. Okay. Reed, Kennedy, Anima. If Anima plays the way we've seen him play, those driving runs, 
um, from midfield. That can take a lot of pressure off um, the wingers, as we know they haven't really performed as well, and yep. give Mitro that service. So for me, I think it's the spine of our team. The defense has to be has to watch Watkins. Candy, Anna, Marie have to be on, on their game, quick passes, get service up to Mitro. And if Mitro plays, he has to finish. And I'm not worried about that. I think he's the best finish in the league. But okay. right up the core of the team. We can talk all we want about the, the wingers, but for me, it's that spine. Okay. All right, Giannis. Similar to Max, I, I got his keys. I guess it's it's very similar. Just in your mind, you're the Scott Parker. What does Fulham need to do to win this final? I'm going to put you in his shoes. What would you do? I wouldn't worry about Brentford. I wouldn't worry about them. I, I would, um, when their training session yesterday, today, walk through tomorrow, I think he's going to tell them, don't give a shit about what they do. You think Mark Condes and Watkins and Ben Rama, why are we worrying about them? Let's just do what we do best. Okay. Instead of looking to stop what they do, let's do what we can control. And what we can control is possession. What we can control is movement. What we can tr- control is patience and psychology and understanding and trust and belief and support and communication. That's what you can control. And, and that is why, you know, um, it, it, at the end of the day, um, he will tell them, if we play our game and play our way, we will beat Brentford. Don't worry about, don't worry about what they do. Because if we do our, our job properly, do your job. We talked about this last. If we yep. do our job, we will beat Brentford, which means we will win the midfield battle. The back four will get lots of touches. Mitro will give them absolute headaches. We'll stretch the field with our wingers. Stretch being the operative word because of how big the pitch is. Don't worry about the past. The game is the greatest teacher. Play the game. You do what you do. And then the rest will take care of itself. We're not. Okay. You're right, Russ. We're not playing Liverpool. We're not playing. Sport. No, we're playing no, and, Brentford. And, and listen, Brentford are a very good side. I want to give them all the credit mm-hmm. in the world, but they can be beat. That's my only point on this. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to give them the respect they deserve, but they can be beat, just like Fulham can be beat. Whoever plays best on Tuesday night will win this match. Whoever executes the best, and that's the way I'm looking at it. Okay, guys, let's end with your predictions. I'll share mine on the show tomorrow, which will be on Monday night. But what is your prediction, Mr. Cohen, to you first? Give me your prediction. I think it's going to be 2-1. I think they actually go up early. Um, we kept, we peg it back uh, through Mitro, and I think Kamara gets a late winner. Uh, I think it's going to be really tough, though. I mean, uh, June made some good points in the comments that, you know, Brentford really bottled it late on in the season. But yep. they are coming off a big win against Swansea. I think they will come off come out – of the gates playing really fast, really well, but we'll temper that storm, get back in the game, and I think we're going to get promoted. Yep. But, you know, we have to say that. <laughs> you have to have belief right now. That sounds like a good one, Max. Okay. Giannis, over to you. They're not scoring on us. We're beating them one nothing. They're not scoring on us. It's not going to happen. This is the, we're going to win. We're going to beat them. We're going to shut them up, and we're going to send them back <laughs> on the M4. That's it. Because, uh, you know okay. what? The players Giannis? will show up. They'll show up, and we'll. And they'll can we lose I'm here. No, we okay. can hear him. Yeah. No, he said. He said. He said one nil, Ross, and that's the classic Fulham score this season. Yep. Yeah, I love, job done. Listen, that's a great shout. That's a great shout. One nil. We're one nil FC. Nil. So I like that. Yeah. And it'll be. And it'll be a penalty. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. All right. Fantastic show. We've gone long, my my friends. Here we've gone for almost an hour and fifteen minutes. We do have to wrap this up. I want to thank. 
Giannis, for joining us all the way in Mexico, Max in Maryland, I'm in Boston, and the fans around the world for watching this, and hopefully we'll be listening to this as well. My name is Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Hola. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.